Welcome to the Wealth is in the Details podcast. In this podcast, financial planner Peter Raskin helps families and business owners understand and prepare for their wealth journey. Along the way, thoughtful and detailed planning can provide clarity and confidence as clients confront a multitude of financial decisions. Listen in as Peter shares stories and insight into people's wealth journeys. Now, let's get into today's podcast. Hello and welcome to Wealth is in the Details with Peter Raskin from Raskin Planning Group. Today, we're talking about selling a family residence. And uh, Peter has a guest, but I'm going to let Peter introduce her in a moment. Now, Peter, on previous podcasts, we've really talked about tax planning and insurance, investments, trust planning. But today's topic, I'm very, very interested in. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to hear what Debbie has to say, your guest, because I think that selling your primary residence or a family selling their home is probably one of the most emotional decisions that a family can make. I mean, that's just my opinion, but uh, I mean, you think back to your kids growing up there, maybe your grandkids have spent a bunch of time there and and now it's time to downsize or maybe you want to, you know, you have a different goal or maybe your kids have moved to a different part of the country and you want to get closer. I mean, there's there's so many things. Yeah, I mean, that, that's tough. I, I, I'm interested in today's topic, Peter. You know, why did you choose this one specifically? Well, I think because it primarily affects all of our clients. Mm-hmm. The, you know, most of our clients are in their 50s, 60s, and 70s. They're, they're approaching or they're in retirement. Their kids are grown. They're independent. And the house, which they've lived in for, you know, one, two, or three decades in an affluent suburb outside of Boston or any other affluent city, uh, it feels a bit large. And, mm-hmm. and they're looking for a new and, and, and maybe different living experience. And this home really has, for many of them, defines their family. It's really an important aspect of who they are. Uh, maybe they want a smaller or newer residence with less maintenance. Maybe they want to try a, try city living or they want a, a, a second home in a, in a warmer or less expensive part of the country. As you said, there are all sorts of reasons and, and living configurations that inspires a family to think about moving and selling their home. But I do, I do know that everyone wants to get the highest possible value for that home. That's really important to them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it's a hard decision and it's a hard process. And so that's why I think it's such an important issue for, for many of our clients. And with, with that objective in mind, I, I thought it would be great to, to introduce Debbie Lucci, who's the team leader for the Deborah Lucci team at, at the William Ravis Andover office. And Debbie's just a top realtor in Massachusetts, and I'm real excited she's with us today. She's full of great information. She's a great business person. Uh, she's great at working with clients and great at selling homes. So I'm hopeful that Debbie can share with us what, what someone needs to do to successfully market and sell their home in, in an affluent part of Boston. So, so Debbie, could you tell us a, a bit about yourself, your team, and uh, William Ravis? So I've been doing this uh, 21 years now, and... I have uh, five agents that are on my team currently. We have our own marketing person. We have our own uh, photographer. We have our own stager on the team. I have a full-time admin. Uh, We do floor plans. We sold 142 houses this year, uh, $92 million worth of property. Uh, We used to be Prudential Holland Doherty, and we got bought out by William Ravis about five years ago, and uh, that was great. 
because uh, Ravis gave us the opportunities of teams, uh, which has really changed my business tremendously. Uh, it got to the point when I was a single agent that I couldn't do any more. And I was like working 24-7 and I couldn't take on any more. And now I've had the team uh, for about five years and it's unbelievable. Uh, it's a great opportunity for my sellers. It's a great opportunity for buyers because everybody gets handled well. And it's a great opportunity for the agents on my team because they get leads that they wouldn't normally have. And I can focus more on my sellers. I deal with just sellers at this time and the team members deal with uh, buyers and sellers. So I, so I love it. I think it's been a great opportunity. Debbie, Debbie, typically, who are your clients and what's their typical situation? So probably, I'm going to say probably around 85% of my clients are downsizers. I don't know if it's my age. I don't know <laughs> if it's, uh, you know, my kids, you know, are out of college at this time. So I've gone through it. I've downsized myself. And I also market, um, you know, to a great deal of downsizers. We market to buyers as well, but we market the downsizers of houses to buyers. But I think that that's a great deal of my clientele. I, I, it's interesting. We talk about downsizing, but downsizing doesn't necessarily mean reducing the value of your next residence. <laughs> Not if you move into Boston. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Or maybe selling and, uh, and buying a second home right. as well. Right. Uh, so, since selling the, the, the primary residence may, may have so much baggage behind it, you know, it's such a personal experience. I think it's, it's so important to focus on the, the financial planning objectives of the family. You know, what are they trying to achieve with this, with this sale? What, what do they want? Could you comment on that? So uh, I downsized several years ago, so I, I totally get it. And I can tell you everything that you can do wrong because I did that. So <laughs> don't do that. Don't have storage for years and years and years. So um, I, I think one of the best things you can do to start the downsizing process is you don't have to have a date when you want to downsize because a lot of people, when I ask them, when are you thinking about putting the house on the market? They get scared. They're not ready to make the decision. So I say to them, are you going to be ready to downsize, do you think, within the next five years? And if the answer is yes, just have this over. Have a, you know, and if you're not, if we're not in your area, have somebody that you, a local agent that you that knows your area, not Auntie Susie that sells two houses a year, because this will be one of your biggest investments. So have them come over. I've done market analysis for people two, three, four years, and it's and we get their house ready little by little. Tell them what to do to expect to, uh, through the process, painting, cleaning, decluttering. The kids aren't going to come back and help you clean the house out. Trust me. <laughs> I know. They won't. <laughs> so we can start the process for you. So let's say all of a sudden you wake up tomorrow and you're like, you know what? I just found this unbelievable place that I want to move to. You can do it. You're ready. Opposed to so stressful, you know, um, you haven't done anything and you've got the basement loaded with the kids stuff, the garage, the attic. You've got all these things, even back to the kids' first grade pictures, you know, and so you're in this huge upheaval and emotional rush. Don't do that. Just take your time. Have us come over early. We'll help you get things ready. We'll also know what you should invest in and what you should not invest in when you're going to put the house on the market. So let's say, for example, you've had new construction. You built the house brand new. You were lucky enough to do that when you moved in. The roof's old. The furnace is old. The AC is old. Everything is going to, it's at all of it's at its life expectancy, its deadline right now. So that's it. You're going to have to replace all these things if you don't make the decision to move. 
So we can help you make some of these decisions. I think when I downsized, you know, I, I sat in the house. I, I rehabbed the whole thing. I wanted to stay there for the rest of my life. I stood there and I'm like, there's nobody here. Why did I just do all this? <laughs> so don't do that. But And what convinced me to put the house on the market was I sat down and I put down every little expense that had to do with the house. And it came up to about $70,000 a year. And I said to myself, is this house going to go up in value $70,000 in one year? No. Okay. I'm out of here. And that's what made my decision to get out. Yeah, I think, I think it's so important to keep that, the, 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 the objectives in, in, in the forefront of the decision. And I love the, your, your comment where, you know, if you're thinking maybe five years, talk, start talking about, about it now. Start planning uh, that now because it's just so much easier to do it a, a, a bit at a time as opposed to doing it within two or three months. That, that's almost impossible. It is one of the biggest emotional things that people go through. It's like, especially when I look at a woman, okay, that uh, has raised her family there and I'm talking to her and she's a little bit nervous about the next phase of her life. This phase has gone by and it was such a valuable phase and she was so involved in it. Uh, it's tough a lot of times for them to move to the next phase. But if you think about it and you say, geez, instead of spending money on the house, I'm going to travel. I'm going to go out to dinner. I'm not going to clean this big house anymore. I'm not going to worry about the bills that are coming in the mailbox if you're hiring a landscaper or, you know, uh, people to you know take care of the house. You can spend that on things that you really like, but it's a process. You have to get there. Yeah, I think that's really the key. Is it is a process, and and you just have to be emotionally prepared and ready for it. Mm -hmm. And if you're not, then then it's not the right time. But as you begin to think about it uh, more and more, I find it, it really it begins to, to blossom within you. And you, you see all the potential that you have in living a, either a similar life or a different life in a different location. It can, and it can be just as exciting and, and rewarding. A lot of things that people do, too, is you know, they make all these improvements on the house for the buyer to sell the house. I mean, why not make some of these improvements and enjoy them for a few years if you have the opportunity, yeah. you know, and we can come over and, you know, I see the wallpaper that's up on the wall and I, these, you know, colors that maybe the, uh, that you really enjoyed that, you know, may not open the buyer pool up wide. And that's what you want to do. You want to open up this buyer pool wide when you're ready to put the house on the market to get the most money. We can give you suggestions and you can do it whenever you want. You have the choice and opposed to, you know, kind of digging your head in the sand and saying, oh, I'm not ready to deal with this now. I'll deal with it later. You know, just in that way, you know the price of the house, what you think the house might go for at that time. Some suggestions you can do when on your timeline. You don't feel rushed. So, so you've you got a client that's got a, has been in a property for, for 20 plus years and, and it's beginning to uh, show its age, uh, needs to be updated. So, Walk me through or our listeners through the process of that decision making. How much do, does one spruce up? Do you, are you, is your, are you sprucing up primarily to, to sell it at a much higher value or are you, sell, are you sprucing up to sell it more quickly? What's the objective there uh, and how do you counsel? All right. So I, I generally ask the seller. And, you know, this is 
one, one of my favorite things about the job that I really like is I, I love to sit down with the sellers and talk to them about what they want to do. So for example, I'll say to you, do you want to do any work? And if they come back and they say to me, no, I don't want to do anything. Okay, th- then we're going to price it this way here. I'll do some work, but you know, I, I just don't want to you know, gut the kitchen or do all these other things. Okay, then we'll, we'll look at it from this point of view. It's amazing what you can do with paint. Paint is, uh, it, it's, it's the biggest bang for the buck, paint. And um, we, we have a stage we work with. She's great with colors. And that can get you a lot of money. I mean, the house, getting the house on the market and having the house sit on the market for a long time is not going to get you the most money. You want to have the house ready when it's on the market. You're going to get the most activity in the very, very beginning. And you want to try to almost create a frenzy about the house so people will offer at least asking or more. That way you get top dollar for it. But the, the thing is, these people that are buying, most of the younger people, I'm going to just assume most of the younger people are going to be buying your house. It could be somebody that if you have a ranch that's looking at downsizing as well, but they're very visual so, and they don't have time and they don't want to do a lot of work. So you can get them, if this is your objective to get the most money for the house, just coming through and, you know, talking about, okay, so if we took this wallpaper down in the bathroom, this would get you this much more money for the house and just paint it. Uh, it, it will let you make decisions on what you're willing to do. You know, some of my clients are like, I'd rather be out golfing. I don't want to update this anything in this house. I'm like, that's okay. You don't have to, but we're going to price it accordingly. So we get you the most money for the condition it's in. Yeah, but I think there's a reality there. If, if, you're, if your kitchens and baths are, are outdated and to really do a top-notch uh, kitchen and bath might cost you know, $150,000 if you're, you're doing two or three baths in a kitchen or more, that's at least six months of work. And uh, will you really get that much money out of it? Maybe not. It's a risk. Right, It is a risk. But the thing is, if you're going to do that, do that way before you're going to downsize. Yes, enjoy it. rip apart the kitchen right before you're ready to put it on the market. You know, let's say you have old cabinets. And let's say, oh, geez, you know, these cabinets are in good shape. But, you know, I know that's just not today's style. Paint. If you're willing to do some paint on those cabinets, that kitchen can look almost brand new. Hmm. Well, when you um, are working with, with a, uh, a seller, uh, wh- what's a typical marketing plan? Wh- what, do you, what do you try to do? You mentioned um, a staging. You've got a stager who, who works for you. Uh, talk about that and talk about you, how you market a, a, a property. So marketing is what I like to do the most. So uh, we won the marketing award for the uh, Northeast Association of Realtors last year. We came in number one. You know, I've been in retail for a long time with my family, so I like to market and see results of that. I'm, I'm very uh, oriented on that quite a bit. So we we do, we come in with a stager, and there's different levels of staging. So the stager we generally work with, she will work with the items you have, and she will come in and say, okay, this piece of furniture would look better here. Let's get this accessory going here. Let's declutter here. And she's great. It's amazing what she can do with the room. Then you have a stage that can come in and she can almost be the other extreme where she can rip apart the kitchen, rip apart the bathrooms. Um, you've got stages that can come in and put furniture in. So, but there's, you know, there's, there's costs involved uh, in a lot of this. So we try, what generally we try to do is we work with the items you have. We make suggestions on updating the house. You're going to get the biggest bang for the buck, the least amount of work involved. 
Then what we do is we have an in-house photographer. Uh, she's great, Christine. We love her. She does a, an unbelievable job. We'll do interactive floor plans. Uh, we'll do uh, videos of the home. Uh, Lindsay will do video in floor plans for us on the house. And then we do tons of social media. Uh, we do a lot of Facebook advertising, Google advertising. The house is going to be on about 300 different websites. So we want to make sure we have those interactive floor plans on those as well. We also have different feature spots on different real estate sites. So the house gets uh, more visual than anybody else. We also have signs that are text signs. So instead of a plain for sale sign on your house, it'll be for sale, text this number to this. And so when the buyer wants immediate information, doesn't matter, 24-7 on the house, they can just text this number and they will get information on the house. So that, and we do uh, videos on the home as well. We also have an unbelievable website that will drive traffic about your house. Your house will have a landing page on this website. We do tons of coming soon advertising ahead of time. So anybody that's inquiring about the house, they'll log on to the website and they'll get all the information on your house. We try to make that as readily available as possible. We also send out electronic postcards every Friday. So you know, in the wintertime, you know, the admin don't have a lot to do. So last year, what they did, they collected about 5,000 real estate agents' email addresses. And we don't just try to promote to our local agents. We try to promote to all the agents. We've got them from Boston all the way north. So we've got about 5,000 uh, real estate agents. I've got a database for about 21 years worth of people. And then also my team members have their database that we send it out to. So that electronic postcard goes out every Friday. We have coming soons, open houses, you know, and private showings. And so anytime somebody clicks on that house, they can, they'll go to the website and get information on the property. And it will, it will help us track the people that are interested in your home as well. We do also, we'll, we'll do like brochures, things like that, that are um, very high end on, on the property. We have a, a marketing person for William Ravis. It does a great job. He'll have beauty sheets on the house. And, you know, our, that's what our level is. And then you take a higher level, Ravis, which has an amazing reach, you know, internationally regarding properties. It's just, um, it's just a great company to work for. And as far as the luxury properties, uh, they were number one in luxury portfolio properties. It's, um, it's really a great asset to be working with Ravis on top of what we do for marketing. Mm. And then we also do like uh, local magazines, North Shore magazine, things like that. So we, we hit it in many different ways. It sounds like you're, you're trying to just increase uh, the number of eyeballs on, on, on the property. And it, hopefully, and it does, you've had great success. You, you'll, you'll get the, the right buyer. Right. And that's why we try to make the house before they see it. We try to open the buyer pool on that house the way it visually looks as well. I think it's important. So the uh, marketing plan is working. You're get to getting lots of uh, eyeballs on the property. There's an offer. Mm -hmm. Hopefully more than one. People. Well, hopefully more than one. <laughs> exactly. So what's your negotiating plan? How does that enhance the value of, of the property? L luckily, I have a great agents that I work with. So they kind of give me the opportunity to really focus on the negotiating. That's what I, I typically do. We put the houses on the market on a Wednesday. We don't start showing them until Friday. This way, they're on all of the websites, every, and they've already had coming soon advertising ahead of that. So it's not like they hit the market for the first time. The first buyer walks in, says, yes, I want this, hands you an offer, you take it. It's more than that. I want to make sure everybody sees it. So 
Friday afternoon, we open it up to the public to see. We show the house Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Sunday, we have an open house. We give Saturday the opportunity for people to have uh, private showings. And then uh, we have the caravan also. So that's all the local brokers come and see the house as well. So they can tell their customers about it. The team has already seen the house. So by the time Tuesday night hits, that's when we look at offers. All offers are due by Tuesday night. Please make them good till Wednesday. So I have time to call the mortgage brokers in the morning. But the seller does have the right to accept an offer early. So if they get an unbelievable offer that they can't refuse, they can take it early. So if the seller has priced the house aggressively, if the house looks the best it can look, and I'm not talking that it, it, they have to gut the kitchen and the baths, it looks the best it can for that house and what you want to do, and we've priced it well, hopefully in this market, you should get multiple offers. And with that, you can actually end up with higher than fair market value a lot of times on the house. And that's, that's what I like to do. I, I think the seller is in the driver's seat before the offer is signed. And that's when the best negotiating can be done. After that offer is signed, the ball kind of hands off to the buyer a little bit. They do the home inspection. Uh, there's a little bit of a, a period, seven to 10 days, where the house is off the market. They, they have to do their due diligence. You know, This is if you have not accepted an offer. If, if you have an offer with no home sale contingency, that's very different. So you try to do the best negotiating you can in the very, very beginning. And it Negotiating again will happen, you know, through the home inspection, through the purchase and sale. But you know, I've been doing this 21 years, so I've seen a lot of things. But that's a little bit of my area of expertise, and I enjoy that. So you have to have a little bit of a strategy when you when you're negotiating, and you try to get in the driver's seat first, so you can get the most money for the sellers. Mm. So I would imagine that uh, expectations are are the most important thing that you're doing is is helping the seller with expectations. Right. So by Tuesday night, if we don't have an offer on the table, typically what's happened is it's, it's probably price. We, you know, the house has been a little bit probably overpriced. We have to kind of take another look at that again. And we come up with, you know, what they, what they want to do. Do they want to wait for their buyer? Do they, do they want the, the house to go under right away? We kind of set the stage a little bit. If we price it at this point, this is what uh, may happen to the property. This is how the buyers may address the price of the property. If we go a little lower, we can create like a, a frenzy. Uh, so it, it, we, we kind of walk them through it a little bit. And we talk to them about home inspections, what could possibly happen. I also need time to talk to the mortgage brokers before the offer is signed. I want to make sure the buyer is fine. Do they have a home to sell? You know, are they giving, getting gifted money? Things like that. What bank they're working with. Yeah, I think it's it's such a challenge um, with, with a lot of sellers who believe their house has a certain value, and that may or may not be based on any real data. <laughs> you know, it's true. Yeah. The house is worth what someone is willing to pay for. It. Exactly, and it's not what Zillow right. will tell you or what your neighbor got for their house, or what it's assessed for, or what town. it's assessed for. <laughs> right. Exactly, they probably haven't walked in there in years. Yeah. So it's really a matter of having that discussion with the seller and saying, this house has value. We think it would sell at this level. It may not sell quickly at this higher level. It's just a matter of understanding what, what the seller's objective is and really help preparing them. Right. So you can kind of give them three plans. I mean, do you want to the needle in the haystack pricing? Do you want it high and hopeful, uh, hopefully that one buyer 
you know, may come along and you may get them and the house may be on the market for a very long time. And you have to remember that house has to be show ready every morning when you walk out that door. The beds have to be made. It has to be vacuumed. It has to be cleaned because they may not give you a lot of notice. And if you put a, a, a tremendous, let's say you want 24 or 48 hours notice to show the house, you may lose the buyers and you don't want to do that because that's net sale price to you. You don't want to lose that. You want to open up that as much as possible. Sure. And you can get fair market value for the house. And, you know, in that, in that type of strategy, you know, it, it, it could go the first weekend. It could take two weeks to go. You may get one buyer on the property. And then the, the third is actually almost a, a little bit below market value. It creates a little bit like almost like an auction environment where a lot of times, like, you know, my favorite thing, to be honest with you, is to go back for round two. They give you the first offer. Everybody comes in. And then you go back on Wednesday morning after you've looked at the top offers, check the mortgage with the mortgage broker, and you say, okay, I'd like to um, have your, your buyer come in at uh, biggest and best by one o'clock this afternoon. And so a lot of times you may end up with the needle in the haystack price or above fair market value. But it, it's one of the hardest things for a seller to do. Yeah, I, I would think it is because they're so emotionally uh, attached to that house, mm-hmm. to that, that value. I bring it back to the uh, client objectives. What are they really trying to achieve? Does it really matter in the long run whether they get an extra fifty, sixty, or a hundred thousand dollars for the purchase price? Uh, sometimes it does, but more often than not, it, it, it's uh, it's not a, a financial necessity to get that highest and best value. Well, that's what I really like to do all the time. I like to try to get that highest right. and best value for people. But the other thing is, a lot of people say to me well, I'm buying this other house. And so I need this out of my first house here, the home, you know, local that I'm selling in order to get to that next house. And I understand they do need that. But the thing is, a buyer does not walk in the door and say, well, you know, that seller needs this price here to go to the next house. So I think I'll give it to them. (laughs) They're only going to pay fair market value for the house. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Again, back to expectations. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So, um, how much does it typically cost for a seller to hire a great team like 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 the the, the Deborah Lucci team? Uh, is it is it a standard it's a standard commission? Yep. And also we include a lot of extra marketing in that. We include the staging in that. And you have I, I have to be honest with you, I have an unbelievable team. My admin staff is um, Donna Morrissey. I don't think I could sell a house without her anymore. She's just she, her client services are unbelievable. So you have. You have a lot of people behind the scenes helping to get the house uh, sold as well. You know, I'm with you from beginning to end, but you know, there's a staff that's just unbelievable. Between as, as soon as the house uh, gets listed, you know, the stage it gets called, the file gets dropped off to uh, Donner, and it, you know, there's photography dates that start taking place, staging dates that start taking place, you know, emails that start, you know, of a, a schedule that starts happening on your house, and um, they're just great. They're just they're just wonderful. Yeah, if you're interested in, in, in selling your home for the, a good and reasonable value, hopefully the highest value that's possible, uh, and you want it done uh, quickly, you want to hire the best team available. Absolutely. I just, I just think it's really important, and I think it's so worth that commission. There's just no doubt to me that it's worth it. Well, you know, one of the, the I just did a video on uh, hiring a local broker. I mean, we see every house on the market in our local area. Yeah, we go out on caravan every week. I mean, I've been doing it for 21 years. So I, I'm not, I, I, 
it's not just the house that came on last week. I've, I've seen the houses that have been on for 21 years. And it's very important. I think it's very important to hire a local broker. They have relationships with all the local brokers. They can say to you, oh, well, you know, he may be a little difficult to deal with. He's going to hire this home inspector here. So it might be a little bit tough. Oh, yeah. She's very reasonable uh, because there's a lot of players in the game. You have you have the buyers, the sellers, uh, the bu- listing agent, the buyer's agent, the mortgage broker, the lawyers. So you have a lot of people involved here and a lot of personalities. So I think hiring somebody local is one of the smartest things you can do to get top dollar. Yeah. And your your region is typically north of Boston. How, yes. how, how far do you, do, do, you, do you stray from that? So our office is in Andover. Our, our main area is Andover, North Andover, uh, North Reading. Uh, we go to Reading, Stoneham, Wakefield, uh, Methuen, Haverhill, uh, Chelmsford, Drakeit. We've been in Billerica this year. Lowell, I've sold a lot in the Belvedere area of Lowell. So it's in that type of area right there, Wilmington, Reading, that we uh, do business in. And then William Rabus, like a lot of national uh, brokerage firms, um, has has many different offices throughout. So um, they have about 4,000 agents, about 128 offices. Uh, Bill Ravis right now is located in Naples. He is, um, he's amazing. He's got He's in his 70s. He's got more energy than I know with people in their 20s. He's great. <laughs> so you're, you're comfortable with, uh, with, your, with your, your primary company? Absolutely. I still do coaching with Bill Ravis. Huh, great. Yeah. Debbie, this has been so fascinating. And I, I just wanted to share um, an experience that, that I've had personally. My mom passed away about uh, nine, 10 years ago. And, and within about six months of that, my daughter, who did an overnight at my dad's house, uh, told me that my my eighty year old dad was on the roof shoveling snow. That really uh, scared the heck out of me. <laughs> and uh, but with on his own, um, within a within a, a a month or two, he came to us and he said, "You know, we're I'm moving and and uh, putting the house up for sale. The house that they'd been in for." Uh, 50 plus years. And my sister and I were both very excited and happy for him. But he he spent about six months preparing for that. And it was a lot of work, but it was a gift to us. And I just wanted to uh, hopefully get your comment on that. So I have seen some people and what happens is they wait so long that they can't downsize. They need the help. So, uh, and, you know, you've, you've got children across the country. They have to come back to help you downsize because you've got so many things that you can't physically move it out yourself. So when you're downsizing, you know, really kind of take this into consideration. You know, I, I know myself, I did not, you know, I did not want to put my kids in that position. So um, I downsized and you have a window, you've got time to downsize, but don't wait so long that you can't downsize and your children are going to have to uh, do it for you. And we have services. We have uh, dutiful daughters. They're great. Sean, um, he's got his, his company there. And what he does is like a lot of downsizers, you know, they look at me and they say, you know, geez, the dining room table was so much money. You know, I, what am I going to do with that? And I said, your kids want it. And they say, no, the kids don't want it. The kids don't want the stuff. They just don't. So you have all these items. But the good thing is, like you have something like dutiful daughters, they will take it and donate it to senior centers you know, different places that really need things like this. So the item doesn't go wasted. It gets enjoyed by someone else. Yeah. So it, it, that, that's a lot with downsizers. They just, they don't want to throw things away and because, 
it, it feels so you know useless and and so wait wasteful. So, but you'd be a higher company like Dutiful Daughters will actually help you get things out. And uh, so, I have to tell you a story. So, one of my customers, she was downsizing, and and they were going to Charleston, and uh, Charlestown, and they couldn't bring a lot of things with them, and they were you know had a good size house, and she said to me, you know, he just meaning her husband, he won't throw anything away. He just won't throw anything away. She goes, I bought him this book, The Swedish Art of Death Cleaning. And I know it sounds very, very morbid, but I actually, I listened to it. And it was very helpful. So it was how to let go of a lot of items and what items you really need and what items you don't need. They have a whole chapter on just pictures alone. So I thought that was very, very helpful because one of the things you don't want to do is you don't want to rent a storage unit for years and years and years because you won't have the energy to go back into it again. So, you know, there's, there's a few key things that to think about when you're ready to downsize. That is such a great recommendation. So, so the book is The Swedish Art of Death Cleaning. <laughs> Sounds great. Well, I, I will definitely buy that. <laughs> so thank you for that. All right, guys, we are, we are running really low on time. I got to say that... <laughs> That that end point there, the Swedish art of death cleaning. I've never heard of that book. I am definitely going to be looking into that book because if I don't start getting rid of some things, my wife's going to kill me. So I mean, it, it'll be fall right in line with the uh, the whole death thing with the the Swedish book. So I thank you for that tip, Debbie. I think that's fantastic. I personally, I, I'm a bit of a pack rat, and I'm also we, we have grandkids now, and my wife and I have actually talked about downsizing just because of the fact that I have three floors. And those stairs are getting kind of hard, right? I mean, it's. I think everybody has their own reason for downsizing, but uh, the stairs are getting a little hard on my knees. We're looking at a ranch. So if I was in your area, Debbie, I would be talking to you for sure. Thank if you. somebody does want to talk to you, how do they get a hold of you? So uh, our website is wherehomesgetsold.com. And if they log on there, that will give us all their, our information. Fantastic. Wherehomesgetsold.com. Wherehomesgetsold.com. And Peter, uh, again, you know, the, the biggest thing is this podcast is titled Wealth is in the Details and moving, downsizing, getting rid of things, donating things to charities. That's a lot of details to take care of. So I think it's fantastic. And this is a very appropriate topic. And, and yes, I learned a ton. So thank you so much for bringing Debbie on. Oh, thank, thank you, Eric. And, and Debbie, this was really, really helpful. I think our listeners uh, will really appreciate uh, the information, your approach. This is most likely the largest transaction that, that many families will experience. And it's really important to, to treat it so importantly. And I know that you and your team do that. You've had tremendous success over many years and, and I know that will continue. So thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Great. And if our, our listeners have any questions for the Raskin Planning Group, uh, please go to my website at raskinplanning.com. Download our white paper called Five Challenges When Planning Your Wealth Journey. And call me directly at 617-728-7433. All right. And I want to thank all our listeners for listening to the Wealth is in the Details podcast with Peter Raskin. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Peter comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Again, thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at Raskin Planning Group, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Wealth is in the Details podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available.
The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Lincoln Financial Advisors Corporation. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Peter Raskin is a registered representative of Lincoln Financial Advisors. Securities offered through Lincoln Financial Advisors Corporation, a broker, dealer, member SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Sagemark Consulting, a division of Lincoln Financial Advisors, a registered investment advisor. Insurance offered through Lincoln Affiliates and other fine companies. Raskin Planning Group is not an affiliate of Lincoln Financial Advisors. Lincoln Financial Advisors Corporation and its representatives do not provide legal or tax advice. You may want to consult a legal or tax advisor regarding any legal or tax information as it relates to your personal circumstances.